1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365
2: Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Grayson Grunhaver, Sikkim365.com joins us now and Grayson uh, yesterday announced that the coaches are working on some adjustments to the recruiting calendar uh, that would um, at least uh, move the early signing day up uh, until the first week in December before the conference championship games and before the transfer portal officially opens. What are your thoughts on that, especially when it comes to um, roster building and the way that this will flow A lot easier than it was if this does go through
0: right I mean I think it's a good thing and I think honestly this year it was just one of those years this year where it just became a huge talking point because of just I just felt like there were so many more negatives about the fact that it was so late in the calendar and it just it really did not flow well at all and it led to a lot of Uh, problems with, you know, various things. I mean, whether you want to talk about tampering or if you want to talk about, you know, just the the calendar and just the fact that, you know, some kids aren't able to play in, you know, certain games because they're having to look to the transfer portal and things like that. So I do think moving it up makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, right now it's still an imperfect science. I don't think any of this has been completely figured out. I mean, whether you're talking the transfer portal or, you know, other things like NIL, obviously a lot to still figure out and adjust there, but I do think they're at least trying to make an effort to see what a, you know, what tweaks and what changes could uh, do and, and see if they're positive. And I, I think in this case, it, it will end up being a positive thing for the players, the coaches, and for uh, all the programs recruiting various transfers.
3: All right, thanks, Grayson. That's all with uh, Baylor and, uh, and college sports that we've got to talk about, huh? <laughs> uh, nothing else going on with, with Baylor football this week. Um, all right, I, I guess you're going to probably have a pretty lengthy response here. I, I guess uh, there's no way to kind of unpack this piece by piece, Grayson, because so much happened, but in the span of, what, 24, 48 hours, Baylor went from having a complete football staff that had been reworked this offseason and finally settled in to suddenly having three vacancies as they lost their inside linebacker's coach and also uh their offensive line coach who they just hired and Chris Kaplovic both to Alabama uh and then also lost Dennis Johnson their D-line coach to the Baltimore Ravens so uh Three guys gone in the span of a day or so. They're now two-thirds of the way through the hires, though. Jamar Cheney, we learned uh, late last night uh, into this morning from Western Kentucky, will take over inside linebackers. And Mason Miller from Tarleton State taking over the O-line. So that leaves just the D-line. So there's the stage set up, man. However you want to unpack all that, what are your thoughts on the sudden departures and how Aranda and company have responded and what all this means in the long run?
0: Right. So, I mean, I, I guess going piece by piece in this, um, you know, losing Coach Cap to Alabama was kind of the first domino, right? And that happened uh, Sunday night going into Monday morning. And, and you kind of – it was one of those things that was a little bit unprecedented for anyone that follows this just because he'd only been at Baylor, you know, hired two months before this decision. But really it only been at Baylor for, what, you know, a month or a month and a half? Like not long at all. And so you kind of put that together and you're just thinking there's no way – that this is going to happen, but it did Sunday night, you know, the, the team was informed team started to know and figure out that that was going to happen Monday morning. It's announced by everyone that he's going to Alabama to join Kalen DeBoer's staff. And you're like, okay, well, that's not ideal. Um, for a variety of reasons, especially because I mean, guys, really, when you look at Baylor over the last, you know, really since our brows left the teams in my eyes that have been the best teams during that stretch, when you look at 2019, 2021, or because their offensive line play was good. And when it hasn't been good, the teams have been bad. And when the offensive line has been terrible, we've seen you know the effects of that. When you look in the 2020 season uh, during COVID and variety of reasons, that offensive line was really bad. And then last year's offensive line struggled as well. And you saw the results. Two really, really bad seasons. So they have to get that figured out. And so losing a coach like that who just started building these relationships, that's really, really difficult. And, you know, I think, for a lot of these players, we also have to remember, like there was another coach that left before Coach Cap took the job, and that was Eric Mateo. So these guys have had three offensive line coaches in the matter of you know three months, really, and, and so that's really, really a, a tough thing I think for these players relationship wise. And then you move forward to you know Monday afternoon, Alabama misses out on their top target at the linebacker uh, coach position. He's going to Tennessee, and so Christian Robinson immediately. Uh, it seems like, accepts the job offer. So we find that out. That one's tough for the recruiting side of things, the relationship. Uh, he'd only been at Baylor for a year, but it really felt like this 2025 class that was coming up was going to be a really, really special one uh, for the linebacker position because of Christian Robinson's relationship, uh, just the way he's been recruiting. And I know a lot a lot of the players really uh, respect him and the staff really respects him as well. Um, but he's an SEC guy. And I think in the long run, this is always going to happen. It's just probably a little bit earlier uh, than most of us expected. And then you fast forward to the Dennis Johnson thing. And, you know, from a, you know, we just talked about Christian Robinson was at Baylor for a year. Coach Cap was at Baylor for two months. But Dennis Johnson was really uh, a staple uh, for this program on the defensive line and a guy that a lot of these players respected. A lot of these players just, you know, really, really had a great relationship with him. Um, And I would say that he's done a really good job. I think this past year, um, you know, it's tough. You know, the veterans didn't quite live up to the the expectation. Um, But I think in general, he's done a really nice job. And that's going to be a tough loss. Obviously, he's going to the NFL. That's great. Uh, But I know for the players specifically, that's a really, really tough one uh, for his position group. So I'm fascinated to see, you know, what direction they go there. As far as the hires they made, you know, Jamar Chaney, Uh, Up-and-comer, coaching linebackers, which also Dave Rand is going to be coaching. So you put that together, I think you're going to have a good recruiting duo there. And obviously on the field, you know, you feel really good about what Dave Rand is going to bring to the table for the linebackers. And I think Jamar Chaney, that energy, that youth, the experience that he has is going to pay a huge dividend for that spot. I I think they'll be a good group. And then offensive line, you mentioned Mason Miller uh, getting the job. He's got a lot of experience in the spread air raid scheme with his time with Mike Leach. And so I'm very intrigued to see how that works out. But in general, he's got a lot of experience in this kind of offense, more experience than Coach Cap did. Um, So who knows? I I think that could be a really, really good fit. Uh, Obviously, you're not getting your top guy because he just left Alabama. But I do think you look at the resume, you look at the track record, and I think I feel pretty good that Mason Miller is going to put together a, a competent, if not really good, offensive line uh, going into the spring and, and of course the 2024
2: season. Uh, Grayson um, on it, like I guess I, I guess the negative part of this would be that you're kind of going along here, it's almost March. you've got spring coming up and you've got to you know integrate these guys into the staff pretty quickly. Do you think that that will at least make it a little bit of a bumpier ride as spring football goes on?
0: I mean I think it's going to be a spring of adjustment. And I think that it's going to be a spring of learning a lot of new things. And I, I think that, you know, I, I, I do believe that, you know, Jake Spavital and Dave Miranda uh, Jake on the offensive side and Dave Veranda on the defensive side, probably already have everything kind of set for what they want to do and what they want to be about at various positions going into the spring. And so I'm pretty sure that the coaches that they hire here are kind of going, kind of, I think they know that. And so I think the good news is, I think the coach and the players are going to be on the same page when it comes to what they're going to try to get done on the field going into spring ball. And I think that's key. Now, the relationship side of things, that's going to take time, and it always does. You know, you're not just going to be able to walk into a room and immediately, you know, you have everyone's trust, everyone believes in you, everyone's excited to play for you. That takes time, and that's going to be something that is going to be earned, and it's going to grow throughout spring football. But I do think spring is the perfect time for that. And we see these kind of hires happen very often where guys come in in the spring and they go in and and then build a good relationship, and that translates into the summer and fall. Um, So luckily there's time here, and Dave Randall wasted no time in going out and finding his guys for these positions. I've been extremely impressed with how quickly he was able to backfill those positions and find guys that he really, really liked. Uh, to take over, and now just got to get them into Waco and get them meeting the players in their room, and hopefully it translates well. But I do think it does add a little variable of uncertainty, which is, I think, what you're alluding to, Paul.
3: How much uncertainty is there in regards to what they'd already done in the the transfer portal now? Is everything kind of locked in and tucked away, or does this kind of open up things once again?
0: So from my vantage point, I, I think everything is pretty locked in as far as going through spring football. And now there is another transfer portal window after that. And so if guys, you know, go into this time period and and things don't, you know, go well, or or they're not happy, then yeah. I mean, there's going to be an opportunity to transfer, you know, come the the summertime after spring football. Um, So there's a chance that happens, but I do think most of these guys are going to be ready to go for uh, spring and the coaches are going to get an opportunity to coach them, teach them, mentor them and gain that trust. And and then we're going to see what happens after that. Now I will say, uh, Baylor, I, in my eyes, I'm expecting there to be attrition on this roster going into, uh, like after spring football, when guys kind of see where they are on the depth chart. Uh, but I think for the transfers, I think Baylor is still in a really good position to, to keep those guys. And then, of course, with the the new, you know, the the later transfer portal window, they'll also have an opportunity to land some other guys as well if more scholarships become available.
3: Grayson basketball this weekend a huge game for uh, the men against Houston. Uh, your thoughts on what we're going to see tomorrow at Foster Pavilion and just the ramifications? And this is this is Big Twelve basketball at its uh, you know pretty close to best to having two programs like this. Uh, so your thoughts on on this game?
0: I mean, it's a great bounce back moment uh, for Baylor here. they, they really I, they lost the game that I felt like was very winnable against BYU, and it really came down to just. Uh, in my eyes there was just a little bit of a lack of focus and a lack of sticking to the game plan and you especially thought on the defensive side i mean the amount of backdoor cuts that byu scored layups on was just pretty inexcusable it's not something you see from a scott drew defense ever and it happened over and over again byu just basically shot uncontested threes and layups and that's kind of just that was their game plan and they made enough of them to beat Baylor, but I think the Bears are going to have to come out with a lot more focus because they're about to face a team um, that is really, really gritty, really, really physical, and they're going to get up and they're going to make Baylor beat them. And Baylor's going to have to make shots and be ready for the kind of just what they're going to see uh, from a Houston team that is really playing well. They're playing very together. Uh, defensively, Baylor hasn't seen a defense like this all year. Um, so it's going to be a huge challenge, and I think Baylor's guards got pushed around a little bit against BYU, especially on the glass, and I can tell you right now, if they allow that against Houston, more of the same is going to happen, because that, I mean, just all of those players on that team are extremely physical, they play extremely hard, they're going to offensive rebound, they're going to attack the glass, and Baylor's got to be quicker to the basketball, so I'm curious to see how Scott drew adjusts this week, but it is big-time basketball, and it's a game that uh, Baylor should really, really want to win. It could help their tournament resume, and also... Continue to give them at least an opportunity to win the Big 12, even though uh, that looks far more unlikely after the loss in pro
2: It looks far more unlikely. Like no matter what happens with Houston, like they can lose a game here and then they win four in a row. So like every time somebody picks up on, one on them, they go on a streak while everybody else beats each other up. Right? I mean, so it just they're they're just so damn good. They're so good.
0: They they really are. They really are, and I would also say the other teams in the Big 12 haven't taken advantage of the opportunities they've been given. I I mean, if Baylor beat BYU this week and then beat Houston, Baylor would be at the top of the Big 12 Mm standings. but they weren't able to get it done. And that's because Houston's been the most consistent team in the Big 12, and unfortunately uh, for Baylor, their defense just has not been consistent enough for them to kind of get over that hump.
2: Absolutely. Grayson, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.
0: Appreciate it.